Wonderfuls, welcome to episode 411 with my wonderful guest, Deanna Reasonover. I am very excited to announce, I said very like it was uh, maybe a word I'd never used before. Uh, I'm doing very well, thank you. I'm doing very well. I am very excited to say uh, that, and thank you, thank you, thank you to my beloved Chris Royce, who of course has created and runs the jvclub.org website for the JV Club, as well as the JV Club Twitter at JV Club Podcast for reminding me that it has been, as of this week, nine years that I have been doing this podcast. Nine years. Nine years. What are we going to do for our 10th, everybody? Are we going to have a huge celebration somewhere where we play dumb, fun board games and stuff? I think I basically just described Max FunCon. Uh, we've got to celebrate 10 years. Are you kidding me? And by then, we'll all be vaccinated. It's going to be great! But for now, we enjoy a somber nine years in March of 2021. I want to, of course, thank Chris. I want to thank my producer, Julian. I want to thank the wonderful folks at Max Fun, And, of course, all of you who listen to the podcast, whether this is your first time listening to it or you've been with me for nine years. I adore you. I thank you. Um, and as you know from you know those of you who have listened to past weeks, uh, I uh, lost my mom recently, and uh, this podcast has continued to be such a, a shining light in my life. I'm so grateful to be able to do it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Enjoy this episode, and uh, you got to check out uh, Deanna's and, and Gillian Jacobs, who of course is a, a past guest of the podcast. Uh, They have a new podcast, If Then. We talk all about it in the episode. You got to check it out. I love their minds. I love these ladies. And I am hoping everyone is doing well, taking care of themselves and each other and staying safe. already tell that whatever we're saying is it's fine enough it's fine it's <laughs> it's fine it's a fine like a fine wine i don't mean fine like okay i mean like fi- like artisanally fine Mwah! <laughs> to uh, share with the public um uh it's i love tapestries because we live in la where there's earthquakes yeah. and i can have something beautiful on my wall that i don't think will kill me a hundred percent. I really went down the with this last earthquake during the pandemic. I went into mega. I mean, I'm not like a doomsdayer. <laughs> I have friends who have like panic rooms. I'm not, first of all, rich enough to have a panic room. So sure. Jody I do Foster, not have sure. one. Jody, Jody Foster, hundred percent has. It. Listen, sometimes they work against you. I'm not sure panic room was a good thing for panic room. You know what though? It was a good thing because I got to see Forrest Whitaker and Jody Foster. That's my trivia movie like i'm like if you remember like the cast of panic room it comes in so handy at trivia like when you have to do that like who was it the connect Connect the thing yep i love that i I feel like you probably also do that with uh inside man is another one that has like a great it's like clive owen and denzel is denzel on the right is she's in the brave one there's a lot of like new york crime focused mm-hmm. movies that yeah. Jody did in a certain era where yeah. there's like the wise cop who's like i want to protect you but or i don't want to arrest you but like there's just a lot of that sort of like who's on the right side here i love when my jody 
hundred percent. Uh, yeah, no, I love movies like that. I I also have a little trick, which is I look at my friends that are they're not the you know on the marquee, but they work consistently, yes, and that's yes. my person. And oh, I'm like, absolutely. By the way, like, that's yeah, who, who we want to be. It, I just want to work all the time. Please Same. don't put me on the marquee because then there's a tremendous amount of pressure. To like make money for people. Never this is just put like, me. just give me. No, I, I can be in the. I don't even need to be front of show. Just yeah, no. throw me in those movie credits and I'm golden. I don't want to kiss anyone or fall in love or like have a major change. Like I'm fine with giving information. <laughs> I, and That's I'm right. serious. I'm fine with it. I love it. It's great. I couldn't agree more. No, I, I absolutely agree. And like, I think you had, because you did, you, were you uh, on NCIS? Which I haven't. Okay, great. I've not seen it, and but it is because I know every. It is one of those shows where, like, I feel I only watch British and Scandinavian <laughs> and like Brazilian <laughs> and like any show that doesn't have anyone I know on it. I'm super excited to watch because then I yes. can completely escape. But yes. my friend Kirsten Vangsness is the is the computer nerd on CSI. From on CSI. Yeah, and I mean she's had like a whole other career of founding a theater company mm-hmm. and like opening a distillery and working she'll work like 3 oh. days a week maybe and because she's not she doesn't have to be out there in the field like it's a <laughs> dream job it's a dream job it's, i have nothing but respect for it it's great and she also wrote some episodes i remember yes so yes. I'm like, I always, she does not know this and she does not know who I am. Well, but I always look up. She's going to if I have anything to say about well, it. I don't, well, now I can't say this. I was going to say I always look up to her as kind of like who I want to be because, you know, I really got to watch her on that show, you know, really take a character, run with it, but also like, you know, extend her creativity in multiple yes. ways. So I think she's great. See? I see it. I see the kindred spirit already. I, I identified it immediatamente. Now, Going back to my paranoia of earthquakes, I have like some kit stuff assembled. Mm-hmm. I went into the mode of like bottling my own water because I didn't <laughs> want plastic. I was like, I'm taking these old iced tea bottles that are glass. Sure. <laughs> I know, like, no one told me to do this. I was like, let me just, why don't I put some alcohol in here and shake it around? And then it's been sanitized so that I can then let it dry and then put water. I mean, what was I doing? And oh. I, they're still in the garage, these bottles that I marked in a marker, like, when I filled them up. There's just, too, and then, like, there now there's, ba- there's like, backpacks hidden everywhere in the house with, like, extra medicine and stuff. Like, I went over, I went off the deep end. Is God this something you. you have ever done? God bless you. Because it's no. new to me. No, I, you know what I do? We get our water, because I, I am from Michigan, where water is delicious, and now I live in yes. L.A., where water tastes horrible like uh it's so bad so we actually and this is so bougie but it's the only way that i actually make sure i'm hydrated yeah we buy our water from the water store yep <laughs> and we have a rotating uh we have rotating bottles like we have multiple mm-hmm. so at any given time i know Smart. that there's at least six gallons of water in the house this is what i need to be doing this might got to be my next step what am i going to do F- keep filling up old glass iced tea bottles well it's it's actually it's awesome this way because i'm like okay i know that we have at least six gallons plus you know our like prepper water you know what i mean i, I yeah. shouldn't call myself a prepper i am not that far down <laughs> no, again again not a prepper i like, a was prep. excited to have an extra can of food just sitting <laughs> somewhere near a flashlight and now i'm a prepper 
<laughs> you, you know, the funny thing about canned food is that everybody is like, oh, I got, you know, some canned food. And I'm like, but do you actually like it? Right. Like, are you going to be, is there going to be a national disaster? And you're like, oh, gross. Cold I don't know why. Yeah. I guess, why did I get lima beans? I don't like lima yeah. beans. There, I could have at least fixed something good. But yeah. somehow, some, yeah, you're, you're right. If somehow that feels like it's another component. Like, well, of course it has to be food you hate because it will be the end times. <laughs> so you're going to want to make sure your canned food is awful. Get canned salsa. Get canned refried beans. Yes, like have some. Yes. I mean, the tortilla chips will probably go stale. But I'm saying, like, I'd rather have stale tortilla chips than right. I would have like a jar of tomatoes. Like for a like my wife when we were looking at prep food, she was like, "Should we get this?" I was like, "No, we should not get a can of whole tomatoes." <laughs> like what? I'll tell, I, me tell you this: fire roasted will make for a nice uh, end of the world sauce because you don't have to <laughs> add much to it. It's a little bit charry tasting. That's all you need. So she could she could open that can. She could blister it over a sad fire as like the doom clouds are sort of building in the background. Oh my! This God. is the end of Fight Club. If That's you know, right. if it had been right. set in L.A. and Silver Lake. That's right. Uh, how are you? How is your? Are you back? And are you working? Are you leaving the house? Everybody's sort of it feels like in L.A. right now. Everyone's sort of at a different phase. Mm-hmm. of kind of where they are. And I mean, I'm saying that for some of us who are lucky enough not to have to be essential workers or are not brave enough to be essential workers. Uh, that's it. That's yeah. that's definitely um, the case with me. Uh, so d- I'm certainly not saying like, for those people who are stupid and went out during the pandemic, like, no, no, not at all. <laughs> um, but if you were in a position like me where technically you could, you know, sort of avoid certain things but now people are starting to do more there's shots happening there's this there's that where are you in this phase i am uh staying home as much as possible um my sister is a doctor so i come from a family with some essential workers but i am not one um but yeah i you know what honestly what i'm most worried about is when this is over I like being home (laughs) and I did before. And so now I'm worried that I am not going to want to go out like at all. Like I'm fine. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I get my groceries delivered. Uh, I cook here. Uh, My yard has my yard has an exercise bike. Why do I need to leave? Yeah, I get it. I totally get it. I'm I feel the same way because I already had a hard time getting coaxed out for any number of things once I'm settled in. And so now I'm so settled in. (laughs) I'm so deeply settled in. And even when I was going to work, because I did end up shooting for a little portion of the pandemic, like in the fall when it was pretty safe and we mm-hmm. sort of had the numbers hadn't gotten bad again and um i felt very safe and very protected there was no part of me that was like let's keep this party going now i've had the taste <laughs> of being outside i just immediately went right back home and was like yep this is also still fine like it's novel to be going somewhere during the day for work but when that ended i was a little worried that i was going to fall into a funk um mm. because i would not be going to work anymore and uh that did never really happen <laughs> just sort of <laughs> mushed back into not doing that and that was just a different kind of fine it was a different kind of fine listen it's a privilege to be able to stay home as much as possible and i am absolutely abusing that privilege um i love that phrase though that you use coaxed out it reminds me of just a little bird trying to leave the nest <laughs> Why don't you just, could you, but if it, you know what, people you like will be there. It's not no. that far. No, no. It's not, I, look, you'll be, you'll be home by nine. Nine. No, no, That's, no. 
oh, okay, well, all right. We'll miss you. <laughs> That's as far as it gets. We'll miss you. You're we'll from Michigan. You. Yeah. You're yes. from Michigan, you said, where the water yes. tastes delicious. Where, in where Michigan? are you from? I'm sorry. I just asked you a question while oh, you were asking okay. me a question. This is not Listen, my podcast. This is the this is the podcast curse. Is if you're hosting a podcast, you want to uh, be a a good magnanimous guest and also sort of um, host it. And I do the same <laughs> thing. Um, I'm from Tucson. I'm from Tucson. Oh, that's right. You did say yeah. that. Oh, you know what? Arizona is so special to me. me I had too. my. I love hearing you say that. I had my first like trip without my parents. To Arizona, I had um, I was playing academic games in uh, high school, and our team uh, managed to like make it out. And I don't think it was in Arizona; I think we just had to stop there. But it was so wonderful. It was like it was beautiful, and it never I'd never really seen a world that looked so different. Like Tucson oh, sure. looks so different than Michigan, than oh, Tennessee. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, oh, what? I, I'd never been out west, and I just really became obsessed with it after that. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, it is one of those things where growing up in that very specific desert, you don't realize how special it is until you've lived away from it long enough. And it took a long time for me to have not lived there, come back and go Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, this is a spectacular landscape. I mean, you just know what you know when you're a kid. Mm -hmm. But if you get enough away and you visit enough other places to go, oh, this desert, like kind of like Joshua Tree, like, oh, this is a desert that is very, very specific to a very specific region. And you will not see anything quite like this anywhere else. But I love that you connected with that. You know, some people are like, ugh, the desert, great. Ugh. You know what? I had a uh, an experience too while I was there where we broke for lunch and they were like, go wherever you want. And I was just wandering around. It was 86 degrees in like February, which I was like, this is yep. incredible. And I found this little Italian lunch place. I think I was like 16 at the time and I got lunch and I felt so grown up. Sure. And then I just got to, we went to this, um, some some hotel that where, where they have a big dining, at least at the time, they had a very dining room at the top floor. And so you could just look out on the desert. And it was unlike anything I'd ever seen in my life. I had never seen a landscape like that. And I, it opened my eyes really to the fact that the world was so much bigger than I knew. Yeah. Yeah, I totally hear that. I totally hear that. Um, I felt, yeah, I think I had the same experiences going places like Michigan or or like Idaho places that, (laughs) you know, were just like beautiful trees, so much green. How is this a thing? Wow. Things grow here. Um, But uh, have you been elsewhere in Arizona? Have you have you been uh, to like Sedona or up to the Grand Canyon or anything yet? No, that's actually my goal. So nice. Uh, I want to take the train out to the Grand Canyon. I love yes, taking the train. I am not too. a fan of flying. Oh, I don't blame you. Have you taken a sleeper car ever? No, I've never done a sleeper car. And I definitely want to because I do find it fairly easy to fall asleep on trains in a way that I absolutely cannot do on planes. <laughs> like, I am not a sleeper on planes. So, no. but, I, but, but the rhythm, that rhythm of that train, like, I will definitely, even if I don't mean to, I'll mm-hmm. be like, oh, this is very relaxing yes so yes. i definitely want to do it i gotta do, do it. it yes I'm, I'm truly recommending it to everybody plan somewhere that you want to go in america when COVID is over when it is safe obviously yeah. yes and if you can um take a sleeper car and you will get so much writing done mm-hmm. <laughs> it's incredible yeah it puts you in a zone it puts you in a zone and then you get your meals included so you get to go to the dining car 
um, and they put you at random tables. Like they just kind of say, hey, you two, you guys are here together. And it forces you to interact with people, which normally I don't like. But I just feel like you hear such great stories. I met sure. this man who was um, his uh, his hobby. I was with my wife. We were going on our honeymoon. Oh, I love that. I loved it. And we met this this couple and they had been married for 40 years. And he was a madrigal and um, college choir singer. So he knew all the fight songs. So it's me and him and our wives. Like, and we're just going, like, I'm singing, we're singing the Mich- University of Michigan fight song. We're singing the, like, uh, Nebraska fight song. Oh and it's gosh. so, and everybody's, like, looking <laughs> at us. But I had so much fun. I loved him. I can't where, remember his name. Where did you go? Where, where? What was your destination for your honeymoon? So we decided to go this is gonna sound so unromantic. Oregon. No, um, <laughs> Oregon. And were you on like a sort of a coasty-ish uh, yep. train? Yeah, yep. that's, that's you got. That's great. That makes that, perfect sense to me. That's exactly what we did. We went up to the Pacific Northwest. We went to um, uh, the place where Ashford, where they have the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. Yes, that I indeed. Always wanted to go to. Loved it. And then we went up to the coast. We went up to um, Cannon Beach, where they shot Goonies. Oh my God! Amazing. And- Yes, and we stayed directly on the beach at this place called the Stephanie Inn. So beautiful. I thought you were going to say the Sylvia Beach Hotel because there is a different hotel on the beach somewhere around there that has themed rooms uh, based off of authors. So it's like the Mark Twain room. I mean, I hope it's still there. Um, By the way, I've never stayed there. It's just been a longtime dream of mine because somehow I got like like a fold out flyer for it. I guess my dad maybe because he writes ghost town books and so he was I, he definitely has one on the like oregon coast area i think he brought it back maybe he stayed there but i had this like tattered you'd think that i had like been born there the <laughs> the like love and care i took with this fold out flower and it because it was like you know their mark twain room and it's sort of like this and then the edgar Allan poe room is like <laughs> this and then you can stay in the you know the, the the like the emily dickinson room and um and it is right on a beach in oregon like that so when you said you went on your honeymoon to oregon on a train i was like can i join your marriage yeah like, it's fantastic <laughs> Come on in, train Fantastic. time. <laughs> Fantastic. I will bring some poorly bottled water that <laughs> probably has all of the microorganisms your body does not want or need growing inside it at this point. Plus a little Wonderful. alcohol. Just a little bit. Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott, and we host Round, Round Springfield. Springfield. Round Springfield is a Simpsons-adjacent podcast where we talk to your favorite Simpsons writers, voice actors, and everyone who's worked on the show to talk about shows that aren't The Simpsons. So we're going to be talking to people like David X. Cohen, Yardley Smith, Tim Long about other projects they've worked on, sometimes projects that didn't go well, mm. some failures, yeah. some rejections, some failed pilots, <laughs> some failed life events. Yeah, we just <laughs> talked to all the failures of The Simpsons. Yeah. So if you really love your Simpsons trivia and want to get to know the people who have worked on The Simpsons a little bit better, come by Round Springfield every other week on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. What was the name of the, the, the competitive academic kind of program that was taking you around? Academic Games. It was called uh, Academic Games. Okay. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. There's academic. I did Academic Games and Academic Decathlon because I guess I didn't want to have sex. Um, <laughs> it was so fun. 
I loved it. I started doing academic games in uh, elementary school, and I made my my best friend, um, who's been my best friend since seventh grade. Or we did academic games together, and that's how we met. We we got put at the same table. And do, do you remember how that was? Like how it came into your life? Was that something that was very touted at the school or was it like you had a friend who was doing it? How did that how did that uh, worm its way into your existence? Because I think some of us like, you know, some people just don't even hear about that stuff. And they're like, oh, man, I would have liked it, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, totally. So my sister is um, I have a big age gap between me and my siblings. And so through some miracle, my sister um, had gone to the same elementary school as me and I had her same math teacher. And she was like, you know, your sister really liked this thing, this academic games, you should give it a shot. And I was like, okay, whatever. I love get, I love board games and no one would ever play board games with me at the house. So I was like, oh, oh I'll do math to play a game, sure. And then um, it ended up becoming a big part of my life in middle school, that's what we call it in Michigan. Um, and it's how I met friends and I got to travel and uh, I got, you know, scholarships from it and a, what's it called? A bond. I ended up getting a, a bond from Academic Decathlon. That like, a, saved... like a, oh yeah, like a savings bond? Yeah, like a savings oh, bond. Oh, like cool. A, I wanted to say like a war bond, but we weren't at war. <laughs> I, it sound it does sound there's something very like yeah and I earned my purple war bond from the <laughs> academic games well I, I had a victory garden and uh-huh. I earned, and I bought a war bond <laughs> of course we we're all using Vaseline as lotion back then and uh, <laughs> I just drew my stockings on that's right. very that's delicate right. work that's right um, no that's super cool and and I think you're right I think there's like a secret to uh, any any anything that that creates a situation where kids get to travel for something that's not a family trip yeah. when they're young yeah, yeah. is dynamite. Like it yes. is just so special. And I remember and I didn't even do I mean, I had friends who were doing more competitive academic decathlon type stuff. And uh, and for me, it was like a couple of like student council trips to like, you know, a place, a, a different city in Arizona. It was I never did anything <laughs> like that till college. And but the adrenaline, the oh, pure, yes. unadulterated adrenaline of just feeling like almost too much but in a really good way but almost in this like you could feel like the caged beast inside <laughs> that was like oh what if I just ran away like I don't want to run away but what if I just did oh my god oh my god like there's so, this is too much freedom ah! <laughs> do you relate to that at all <laughs> uh, yes oh my gosh we would get these hotel rooms because you know you get to partner up with friends and we'd be like what if we just went outside <laughs> like not even outside of the I'm not even outside of the hallway. Like we weren't even getting in the elevator. We were just like, what if we opened the door? And we never did. That was the thing is that we would sit there and we'd be like, but what What if we get caught? But but we could. (laughs) You know, who cares? Like just to see the fluorescent lights of the hallway. Okay. But at the time, it was like we were just living on the edge. It was great. You want to hear a dumb story? Please. Please. Academy Games. Uh, 
eighth grade, a boy that I had had a crush on in seventh grade and who had left my school, we heard all around that he was there with his team from another oh, school. yes, this is a teen movie all day. It was so juicy. I was like, I gotta look my best. We were in Lansing, Michigan, which is the state capital. It was like, you know, big pressure. Where all the so, war bonds come from. For all the war bonds. <laughs> so I put on what I thought was my like sexiest outfit. Keep in mind that I'm in seventh grade, do not know actually what sexy is. And my only concept of sexy is like Pamela Anderson, like on the beach. So I didn't, I did not have that. So I was wearing this um, Calvin Klein shirt that my mom had gotten me from Costco. Mm -hmm. It was like Calvin Klein, but it was also the only size they had, which was actually um, three sizes too big. So it was very baggy on my very stick figure frame. So it was like a woman-sized medium, and I was definitely like a child size 12. Uh, yeah, and, but it was Calvin Klein's. So. Yeah, right. And I borrowed, and at the time, remember, and at the time, I thought that dark, dark, dark lip liner was so sexy. Oh, sure, sure. So I well, bar- listen, you did mention Pamela, and there yeah. were a lot of different cultural things happening where a lot of different types of women were wearing very, very dark lip liner. So you could get it from a lot of different places. But Pamela Anderson, these were old VHS tapes. Like, I wasn't watching it live. Like, these were, I just, oh, my gosh. I was so, so I borrowed my friend's black eyeliner and put black eyeliner all around my lips. And no lip gloss, no chapstick, nothing, just the liner. And I was like, (laughs) I'll call him Bradley. I was like, hi, Bradley. And he was like, who are you? Oh, no. Oh, it broke my oh, heart. Broke my he was heart. like, who are you, you evil temptress? Yeah. Like, who are you? The sexy minx of a woman in her swimming in her beautiful shirt. Oh, my God. Have you, have you been sucking on a Sharpie? What is that around <laughs> your lips? My God. There is something to be said for the like, why am I? I mean, you understand it. Of course, it makes perfect sense on one hand to decide to totally transform your look. <laughs> For the first time before, like, the most important romantic moment of your young life. But then on the other hand, like, really? This yeah. is the day that, like, <laughs> you're trying out something? Like, let's hope it works. Let's hope it, you know what you're doing. I didn't. It, I didn't. But I just was so convinced that he would see me as, like, grown up. And I don't even know that I what I wanted to do with him. Like, I wasn't, like, I wasn't that advanced. Like, I, I think I just, I just wanted him to want me. Yes. He did not. Yeah. <laughs> Plus he it, did not. <laughs> I that's the other thing I think about that period of time is the adrenaline, those jolts and bursts that comes hand in hand most of the time with zero plan for like beyond (laughs) like, oh, our hands brushed like that's but like no one had any idea what was going to happen from there. Possibly nothing. Maybe hopefully nothing like that was that was enough. That was maybe too much. Like just not knowing like there's no sort of like and of course that'll. It'll end with us, like, you know, cuddling uh, in a dark corner of the hotel. Like, no, no, that's not. No. I just I just need to get to this next second of time. And like from there, who knows? Uh, Well, well, my brain would have exploded if you had touched my hand. My entire being would have exploded. (laughs) And now looking back on it, um, since I didn't say his name, I don't feel like 
bad about this. I was like, ah, yes, I have continued to date women that look like that. So I think he looked very much <gasps> oh, like a girl. Wow. He had long hair and like soft cheeks. Oh, and just oh gosh, I, I was like, oh yes, I was gay even back I then. Lo- that's amazing because that that's not always. Sometimes you can draw a line, and sometimes you know you can't. And so there's <laughs> like there's definitely situations that I can look at and say, oh, that makes that makes a lot of sense in the context of what my life and ended up shaping up to look like or the people I was attracted to and who I wanted to be with. And then there are people that are so far outside of whatever that was, like whatever was happening was not about any kind of like consistency in what I wanted or what I was attracted to or anything like that. I love that you're like, well, you know, in retrospect, he was pretty, he's pretty. <laughs> he was pretty. Yeah. Now looking back on it, the reason I liked the band lit was not because uh-huh. of the band. It was because of the pretty girl they had on the cover. And so was that, that was sort of your relationship to being gay then was like having crushes and sort of trying to assimilate, like not, not intentionally trying, like unknowingly, unconsciously just assimilating into what you saw other people doing and how they were responding in their romantic lives. And like you sort of find a way to make it fit, even if you don't realize you're, you're searching more or you're, you know, jamming something in (laughs) no pun intended let's just take that for what it is as a metaphor not something (laughs) physical but like you know just sort of like uh, yeah uh, sure I I, you know I got a crush on this person 100% whenever the like you know who do you have a crush on on this in this band on this tv show I would always kind of try to pick the one that I wouldn't have to fight with my friend over because you know how it was like we can't both have a crush on Nick Lachey oh my god I am exactly the same I really was I was like you can have I'm trying to think of anyone topical like Duran Duran was basically over by the time I was doing this but (laughs) my cousin had a poster of Duran Duran when I was really little and I loved Nick Rhodes let's just if you know anything about Duran Duran definitely the most makeup definitely the prettiest but also like not the lead singer like I'm not going to I'm not going to pick the lead singer. That's what everyone picks. Thank right, you. Right, I'm right. going to go ahead and pick someone less. I'm not going to pick the hot guitarist. I'm going for the keyboardist because <laughs> somehow that means I have a different kind of a chance. Than mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. As a six-year-old, I have a better chance. <laughs> I get it. That band manager is looking snappy over there. What is it? <laughs> I love the way he runs the sound check. Oh, that's amazing. So you would pick, so you would, you would A, pick someone that you didn't have to, that was like, please, I'm the generous friend. You, why don't you pick first? Yeah. And then I'll pick someone because I'm sure I can make it work with whoever this boy is that I'm going to have to be it to. Whoever people weren't excited about, because I didn't want to have to explain what I liked about that person. Yeah. Uh, and to I fight would, for him. Yeah, I couldn't. And I couldn't. I never could, like... There was a band, Immature. Have you ever heard of them? I heard of them, but couldn't picture them if I, you know, if I tried. I'll give you one of them. Uh, Sister, Sister, the kid that played Roger. Okay. That was, <laughs> okay. Okay. That was the lead singer, Batman. Copy that. I yeah. gotcha. Did you have feelings about girls that you just tamped down or sort of couldn't explain and just chose not to look at? I don't know that I had, like, I didn't have language quite around it until I was, like, in high school. You know what I mean? Yep. Like. I just knew that the guys that I was picking, they weren't great. But, you know, it was like, I guess if this kind of gets everyone off my back, this is an easy thing. Like, what I was going to say about Immature is I liked LDB, Littered Little Drummer Boy. That one's, uh-huh. that was no one's favorite. Uh-huh. That was 
no one's favorite. And it wasn't even that he was like so unattractive. It's just the other two were Batman. He was on Sister Sister. Yeah. And then a guy named Romeo who was like uh-huh. tall. And I was like, I don't know, that little drummer boy. I love sticks and rhythm. Like awful, awful, awful. Uh, and then when you were in high school, what was your high school like? Did you go to public high school? Did you go to? Yeah. I always yeah. went to I always went to public schools, but I went to magnet schools. So I yep, went to schools same. that you sh- yeah 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 that you had to test into. Which now I'm like, all schools should just be uh, give you an equally wonderful education. I know. <laughs> we shouldn't I know. separate them. But. Oh my god, I've had so many conversations with people about like the gate program or magnet programs or the gifted program where mm-hmm. you get you, you get like put into this elite group inside of whatever school that you're in and basically it's like bad for everyone like it makes the kids who aren't in gate possibly hate you either be <laughs> envious of you or think you're a weirdo and yep. you feel like you aren't a part of the rest of the school community which isn't great like there's mm-hmm. so many things i know i mean i have so many complicated feelings around education i guess they're not complicated they're just they're very simple which is like i don't care how much money you have or where what neighborhood you grew up in you deserve the same education like it's 100%. so simple but yes. somehow everything around it is like deeply deeply layered with all kinds of bureaucracy democratic, municipal, and political shit to where, like, somehow we're just still having these problems. Like, somehow a thing that feels like it should just be, wheep, like, straight across the board is just mm-hmm. impossible. Somehow yeah. it's impossible. School funding should not be tied to property taxes. I'm oh right God. there 100% with you. I, I just, yeah, it's absolutely, it's absolutely wild to me. And it also, I feel like most of us who are in the gifted program now have uh, imposter syndrome and anxiety disorders. Oh, my God, totally. <laughs> Because it wasn't a thing that we could, I'm not saying it gave us anxiety disorder, but it wasn't a thing that we could control. And then when we got out in the so quote unquote real world and realized that like none of that really mattered, you know, we didn't live up to our potential or whatnot. It's it's very hard. It's it's good for no one. Yeah. Yeah. How was it? And so it was a school that you tested into. Um, were they were my our magnet schools often had like an emphasis on blank, like an emphasis. This magnet school has an emphasis on fine and performing arts. This uh, magnet school has an emphasis on math and science. This mm-hmm. is like because, you know, I guess when you're 12, you somehow still <laughs> like, no, I mean, that's a, that's the thing I often joke about. And I know that's something you and Gillian uh, both have kind of opinions about, which is this idea of, of like being so young and yes, it's fine. It's totally great to have like an aptitude towards something or to have a, an interest in something. But also like one, like if you, if, if somebody gets that out of you when you're, you know, five years old and you just start being put like, oh, Janet likes to perform. Shouldn't perform, perform, yeah, yeah, perform, yeah. perform. <laughs> no one bothers to, like, make you excited about math and science unless yes. it's a great teacher for a very specific, you know, s- a semester that you have this very specific thing. And, like, of course I never would have – I never would have gone to a, a, a math and science magnet school on my own but mostly because i when you're that young a lot of what you get can come from what other people tell you about yourself you know 100 percent um i did not it, it didn't have an um it didn't have a particular focus it was kind of just an academic focus and like you said i had great teachers at those schools so my my qualms about like neat public schools needing to be uh equalized it has nothing to do with my teachers but um, I think I do think it's so weird that like you kind of expect eight year olds to be like, I guess aerospace is for me. And then you put them on this track 
And then, you know, learning is so much different than than doing. And I don't blame people. I know so many people that are like, I'm not, you know, pursuing my major after college or that's not my career. And I'm like, yeah, because learning about something and reading about it is completely different sometimes than being in the workplace. And sometimes it's just not something you want. I thought I actually wanted to pursue academia for a little while because I love my teacher so much. Um, no, I was a teacher who was like always kind of stumbling <laughs> in late, like, okay, guys, sorry, there was uh, traffic on the, mm, mm. wait, is that you? You did it for a five. second? You did it yeah. for a second and then I, found out like, oh boy. I did it for a second and the school's great and my, and, and my students were great and, you know, shout out to my students, but, uh, it just wasn't like, I didn't, I never, I never figured out a good way to like keep roll or like, there were just so many rules. I just didn't want to do it. I just didn't <laughs> want to do it. it. I totally get it. My parents are both teachers and my uh, experience of them was definitely like, oh, you, this job never ends. I mean, it it was very much like I didn't understand, like I had friends who had parents who worked a job and then they came home and they didn't really think about their job that much until they went into their job the next day. But my dad would come home and he'd be grading papers and Mm -hmm. he'd be writing his lesson plan for them, you know, he'd be working on that for the next day and like... It was a, you know, he summers were a big deal if you are coming from a family yes. that's in education because it kind of is the only time that or however you if it's if it's the broken up into quarters and you know mm-hmm. you have longer breaks, but those breaks for for teachers they they can mean sanity. Like the uh. difference between going insane and staying sane. Yes, I am nodding so much. My best friend who I mentioned is a teacher. Um, and I just, I watch her like pour so much into it. I mean, it's not even just the grades, it's the emotion, it's the yeah. like the mental and physical health of your students. It's sure. all these things. I'm like, teachers need to be getting, I know people are like, teachers should be played by like NBA players, but I'm like, they really should be. <laughs> I know, I know. Or at least NBA players could make less and then they could, that like some of it could go to teachers. I'm not, I'm not sad about NBA NBA players making making yeah. the amount they make because they only get to do it for a few years before their bodies are like broken for um, sure for sure for, for a lot of people I think some of the owners could take a little a couple zeros off the paycheck yeah. but <laughs> yeah. that's me that's me that's just me yeah all no, the it's... NBA owners that listen to this are like hey and I, and I will say, yes, almost exclusively NBA owners. Almost exclusively <laughs> listeners are NBA owners. I don't know how that happened. They love hearing creative people talk about their teenage years. I don't know why, but they cannot get enough. Oh, well, there goes my listenership. There it goes. Uh, <laughs> it was the Boys of Summer series. They just the let, they of love summer it. Se- they couldn't get enough. Uh, did you... Um, did you have stuff that you were passionate about that was sort of like in the pop culture realm uh, in high school that that sort of scratched an itch like oh this this uh, this musician understands me like through these lyrics or or <laughs> these movies really speak to me in this way because again you know it's this very formative time in our lives potentially um, depending on how our development is going mm-hmm. uh, each and ind- individually but um, I definitely was a person who looked to the arts. Uh, for some sort of like, you know, hey, does anybody else feel like this? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, you'll be shocked to learn I was goth. Um, I was Girl, an so awful goth. Were, were you? 
Were you I good at it? I was going to say something when you said you got the black liner out. I was going to say, well, for a couple of years, that was my day every day. So I get it. Were you good at goth? Because I was no. actually an like awful at it. I was terrible. I don't. I wouldn't say I was great at it. I mean, I really liked elements of it, um, but it wasn't long before I started incorporating. It was like, hey, guess what, everybody? I'm goth. Here's my Indigo Girls T-shirt and like <laughs> my combat boots. Like, yeah, you know, there was there was definitely it started incorporating a lot of other stuff pretty like here's my they might be giants blah 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 with like <sighs> so it was it was I couldn't stick to it I wasn't I didn't have that like this or bust kind of it's, attitude it's a lot of work a lot it's of a layers lot of okay a lot of layers you got the makeup uh, you got the studded you know uh jewelry which you will always be hitting yourself with constantly oh absolutely and what are you going to do with your hair it's got to be some kind of statement like what's it going to be I was awful. First of all, I had very little black clothing. So that was that was a thing because I didn't like shopping. And so I would just wear like old T-shirts my sister had given me from like med school. So uh, someone sent me a picture <laughs> recently of and I was like deep in my goth face. I was wearing black jeans, which, OK, plus for that. Uh -huh. But then I was wearing a University of Michigan medical school shirt. <laughs> And a fleece scarf that I had made that was made out of like Halloween material oh with like purple God. bats on it. Very wonderful. Th thin draped over my body. I wasn't smiling. That was a huge part of being goth. Um, I had put duct tape and colored it black over my shoes because I didn't have any black shoes. It was oh. just, I was awful at being goth. I was terrible oh. at it. And what attracted you to it? And what, so, so what was the driving force behind even just the, the attempt at it? Oh gosh, my my friend at the time, my best friend in high in at my school, Shannon, um, was goth, and she was very good at it, and I was not. And I was like, oh, friends like emulate other friends' style, because um, I've never just really been into clothes, so I was just trying to kind of get by, and it was just I was trying to make things, so I had like these kind of half finished outfits. I would go to the hardware store with my dad and like pick up a chain, but not pick anything <laughs> to connect it. So I would just kind of like tie like a, a random piece of chain to my clothes, yeah. to like my belt loop. And then it would yes. fall off in the middle of class and make clunk, 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 clunk. <laughs> I have to retie it with a thread I had found or the twist oh, tie. That's what a mess. wonderful. It's wonderful, though. But that is the thing about, I mean, I think the attraction for me and, and, and those who listen to my podcast regularly know that for us, there was a real mix between hippies, goths and punks. Like that was mm -hmm. all sort of it was all sort of the part of the same. You know, it was mm -hmm. like this is a group of and it was all a bunch of freaking chess playing nerds like yep. no one everyone was like you know on the first track like reading philosophy books so by for, for just for themselves they're all autodidactic which bless them like they've all gone <laughs> on to do really kind of interesting great things but the, the style of that was especially i think i don't i mean it just couldn't have been a coincidence that those very emotionally gentle like very very smart didn't fit in kids found the defensive posturing of mm -hmm. get the fuck out of my face I have I'm a guy and I have like football black under my eyes and a mohawk you know like that felt like armor I think I mean it really is like it's kind of that simple I think you have articulated this point so much better than I had which is the truth was I just didn't know how to dress myself <laughs> and I was like this looks this looks fine this looks good enough like I didn't think I could be I think like this is sad I didn't think I could be like super duper femme and I still don't like that uh style of clothing so I went to the other alternative which is I was like I guess I will be goth um 
my friend at, uh, in high school, in ninth grade, I remember we had just become friends, kind of, you know, when you're like, you know someone and you hope this you're friends. but could be something. Yeah. And she told, she told us um, like that first day that we met her, she's like, my name is X, Y, and Z, and I'm going to run away. Uh, to oh, which I was like, oh, awesome. okay. Uh, and then she did very awesome. early on in our friendship. And the FBI came to <laughs> my school to interview us. Oh, wow. And if you've seen Arrested Development, where Job gets interviewed and they say, I don't think I've met anyone who's known anything less. That was me in my <laughs> FBI interview about my friend running away. I was like <laughs> crying and like trying to remember details. Oh, I was like, I God. think she said she was going to Maryland. <laughs> um, which was not true. It was like she had a friend named Mary or something. And I was like, I think she's, yes, I'm, I'm very sure she's going to marry her. So awful. So awful. I, I, they did find her, but no thanks to me. Did you want to, so you were obfuscating, like you really wanted to be helpful and you just couldn't, like that was the best you could come up with. Well, I thought I was going to get in trouble. You know, yeah. I was like, I, I, I got to give like, him something. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, you don't know something. She didn't say something to you. And I'm like, oh, my God, did yeah. she? Like, I'm assuming that, you know, I was like, I should have told somebody that she said she was going to run away. Uh, you know, why can't I remember any of these things? And so I was just, I mean, panic reaching. Okay. I was just like, I don't know. I think she likes the forest. Like, oh. maybe check around the woods. Well, she wasn't there. <laughs> She wasn't in the woods. She wasn't in Maryland. <laughs> she it wasn't was... in the woods. <laughs> like, that's a, like that's a place they can go, wait a minute, we should just check the woods. <laughs> yeah, which we were in the city. We were in the Eddie middle woods. of a city. Where? Oh, God. You just had like, you had like the tiniest whisper of the first breath of a false <laughs> confession. Like that's where that starts. It's like, I wanted to help the cops. They were going to let me leave and stop grilling me if I just told them where she was. And they said something like, I mean, we know she went to Maryland. Where did she go? And then you're like, yes, yes, she went to Maryland. <laughs> like, just say back what they say to you and they'll think you came up with it on your own. It's as you easy as that. You know what? I actually, this is why I understand procedurals because people are like, oh, it's, you know, it's so obvious. Why didn't you know? I'm like, the police, you know, are getting such crazy cross-wired information. Everybody thinks they know somebody. But, you know, if I just asked you to recall some detail from a few weeks ago, you wouldn't be able to. I know I couldn't. I My could gosh. Not. I could They not. found that girl. They, they did find her. But yeah, I think it's because she called home because my tips were leading them nowhere <laughs> but that is such a dramatic i had one of my best friends ran away and it was i mean that's that was like major like drama i mean that was real major true drama i mean yeah don't get me started on like the couple of suicide attempts and the couple of successful suicides that they, you're just not ready for Oof, at any time yeah. in your life much yeah. less being a teenager one of them was a teacher like oh I'm so oh, sorry oh gosh I mean it wasn't my teacher but he was a teacher at the school and that really was like you don't know what to do with that information like right. even now it's so hard to process suicide is just so hard to process when someone you care about or even someone you kind of know but don't know that well it's this very haunting existential thing that sort of be like sort of settles in on on you know at least for me um mm -hmm. and and when you're that young you know I was 13 trying to go like okay so he was but like he was just a teacher like he just you it's know to, you sort of expect it to be something bigger like well he found out he had cancer or you know well he was it was like no he just had depression and 
he just couldn't do it and but it was so it was this just a strange like non-conversation that I, felt like no one knew how to deal with it you know yeah I think the hard thing is finding out other people's humanities and their um, kind of edges and limits mm. um, which is a thing that's for me started to happen when I was a teenager and I'm still not always great at picking up on it mm. um, but it's a uh, it's one of those really, really hard, hard lessons. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. And I'm sorry about your teacher. Even if it wasn't your teacher, that's still, yeah. you know, it's still very much in your world. It's something, it's definitely something to process. But, you know, now I've, I've had people on the podcast who've, you know, who've had siblings die when they were teenagers and just the amount of shit that can befall a young person uh, on so many different levels, be it, you know, how they were raised, where they came from, you know, what their family was like. It's... It's it's really amazing uh, that that we all sort of evolve to a point where we can just have conversations with one another as adults. That makes me really happy. And it does sort of show you how adaptable and like how resilient we can be as human beings. Yeah, because there's there's just a lot of shit that can happen that you have no control over. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever talked about this on a podcast. I know I've talked about it, you know, like when you're in writing rooms and you're kind of exploring things. Sure. My dad went to jail when I was in um, when I was in high school. And mm. that was uh, really I guess maybe it was middle school. Uh, but that was really, really hard. That was just sure. um, really kind of life altering in a way. Um, yeah. Yeah. Did it, and it was that something that you felt like you could was it a, did it feel like a secret you had to keep kind of to you know even not not from everyone but just a sense of like this isn't something that like did it feel like something you had to hold on to or did it feel like something that people were going to know but you knew that they might judge or I wasn't too worried I don't think about too much judgment because I was already a pretty quiet kid so it would only be a couple people that would have known but it was it was really hard because I had to, I testified at his trial. Um, and wow, that's huge. That's a yeah, big deal. I, you know, I'm actually wrong. I testified at his pre-trial mm -hmm. and I think part of the reason he, he did take a plea bargain is so I did not have to testify. And oh, that was wow. a thing I, and that was a thing that I carried with me. So that was really tough. Yeah. But, um, in some ways, I suppose if it had to happen, which I didn't want to happen at all, right. um, that was a slightly better time because everything felt you know, it's like all the emotionality. Um, and at least I was there like with my mom. So that was yeah. what I was always happy with that. It was before I went to college so that I was there with her. Yeah. Did how long did he was he there? If you don't mind my asking. I don't mind. It was like, um, gosh, six years. I think he did all six right. years. So by the time he got out, I was in college. Um, and, you know, I hope nobody in my family minds if I say this. I've, I've had other family members that have been in jail for a that had been in prison at that point it's prison for a long time yeah. and so it was not completely unfamiliar when my right. dad went right, i right. normally don't talk about this but i'm like somebody else has had this experience or is going a through this experience so percent, a thousand percent and i really appreciate you talking about it i mean again that's like that's just the reality of being a human being and and i, I I can't imagine it. I mean, for all the shit that happened to me, that's something that, you know, I mean, no big surprise. Like, I've had friends who've been to prison, but they were, like, like the, just the most white activists. <laughs> like, 
I I threatened to bomb the fucking you know city council. I mean, just like not oh, sure, the sure. smartest. Like, okay, I get it. You're trying to make an anarchic statement, but I also feel like the only reason you would be stupid enough to do this is you're coming from a place of privilege. Like, you probably wouldn't seek this out if you yeah. had, you know, if you had any idea what it's really like for people who just, like, end up getting sent to prison on a dime. Like, uh, it's... So- it's tough. I mean, he definitely he had a, you know, he had a very strong personality. And so, you know, this guy kind of was doing they he had, they had gone into a business together and this guy was doing something illegal. And my dad told him to stop. And um, my dad uh, found out he was still doing it and he confronted the guy and the guy pulled a gun out on him. Oh, Jesus. Um, this is what I know of it. So right, if this right. is not, you know, if anybody's listening to this and they're like, no, I have other options. I'm like, I don't know. Tweet me. Right. Um, but, <laughs> but my dad is not afraid of anything. And instead of, you know, like most people, like I would be like, hey, I'm sorry, you know, hands up, backing away. My dad was like, are you kidding me? Punch the guy, takes the gun. At that point, when you have the gun, it's no longer self-defense is all I'll say. Nobody died, but I'm just saying, you know, my dad had a pretty strong personality. Man, uh, yeah. Uh, but like, again, this, you sort of go to the, like, and this is why it's tough when the, when a gun gets introduced, because I don't trust myself. Like, if I were in a situation where things got heated and someone else introduced the gun, I'm not sure that I would keep it together. Like, I don't know. I genuinely do not know, because sure. I've never been in that position. Sure. And, uh, I, you know, it's I I I find it very I try really hard not to make like I mean obviously we all can speculate and that's part of being alive and part of being an analytical animal and like we compare things and we want to put things in boxes and I get that but at the end of the day you know I have no idea how I would react if I was confronted with something like that someone I knew someone I didn't know someone right. I was afraid of someone I wasn't afraid of like yeah. I just have no idea I know that when I've been in situations where I should have behaved one way when mm-hmm. my safety was at risk I behave the other way and so <laughs> I've seen myself be stupid you know what I mean so like, I've seen anger be the decision like I'll see anger I've seen anger flash in ways that I would never speculate would be true. I would be like, oh, I'm pretty sure if someone like spanked me on the ass in a bad part of town that I wouldn't turn around and spit on them. Right. Like with rage. Right. You know what I mean? But like, apparently I had a lot of like lady rage that, you know, caused me to, you know, so it's like, but that was stupid. That was very stupid. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't know. So I I can't cast a stone on that one. I do. Mine is, you know, most people are fight or flight. I'm like, fight, flight, hug. Like, <laughs> run, but I don't know what to do. I'm like, hi, like me. Um, well, he was, in the, he was in the army, so I think he had been a little bit, you know, a little of that training kicked in. I don't know you most bet. people that, I don't recommend punching someone and taking the gun. Like, that's, you know, like I said, he had a strong personality. I loved yeah. him. He was great. Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Hey there, beautiful people. Did you hear that good, good news? Something about the baby Jesus? Mm, He's coming back. Or do you mean the fact that (laughs) Apple Podcasts has named Fanti one of the best shows of 2020? I mean, we already knew that we was hot stuff, but a little external validation never hurts, okay? Hosted by me, writer and journalist Jared Hill. And me, the ebony enchantress myself, (laughs) (laughs) Travel Anderson. Fanti is your home for complex conversations about the gray areas in our lives, the people, places, and things. 
we're huge fans of, but got some anti-feelings toward. You name it, we fan-tie you. Nobody's off limits. Check us out every Thursday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your Slayworthy audio. I've been talking to you for a deliciously long time. I don't want to, like, monopolize you for the next eight hours, even though I every part of me feels I could because I cannot believe how fast this has flown by. <laughs> I do like to do a mash game. Uh, at the end of the uh, at the end of the podcast, which is to say, it's still like a quarter left of the podcast. So uh, if you're up for it, I will just I'm I will run this baby, and I will give you categories. Have you played Mash before? I have not. Okay, it's totally stupid. Uh, it is something that I did as a uh, child, and the concept when you're a little kid is basically that you have these different categories, and it, the whoever's asking you would be like, okay. Give MASH stands for mansion, apartment, shack, or house. So you're going to end up with one of those because that's part of the game. You don't have to write anything down, by the way. This is all on me. But okay. in the in the in the kid version, the answers are all kind of the categories are all kind of consistent. It's like, okay, what name three cars you would want? Okay, name three like 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 three jobs you would want. Okay, name <laughs> three husbands or wives that you would want. Like it, the sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. So what I what what I like to do is uh, end the podcast with the sort of celebration of things that make you happy. So I'm going to give you categories that I hope will be uh, enjoyable in some way, and then we do a little eeny meeny miny mo, and at the end we have this alternate universe life of yours that is like spectacularly based on total fantasy. The sky's the limit. Let's see what happens. Let's do it. Great. Okay. So first category. Let's do, we are going to put you in like a kind of grown up version of the academic decathlon with, <laughs> uh, and you can, and, and, and give me three places in the world that it would be really fun, whether you've been there or not, that we're going to take you to do this sort of like very fun, spirited, like recapturing that same feeling you have as a young person, but it will be someplace in the world that's like really cool to visit. Okay, here we go. Let's go with uh, New Orleans. Great. That's number one. Miami, I think, would be number two. Um, and then... Oh, did I mention we can teleport you so you don't have to get on a plane? Oh, hey, this is even better. Uh, Berlin is my, is my last one. And then the same holds for a vacation home. Like, we got a, you got a vacation Ooh. home, and you basically, you just, like, blink your eyes, and you're there. Oh, gosh. I, I, you know what? I'm so bad, because it's going to be... Um, Upstate New York. Great. Um, not bad. That's not, there's no bad. There's no bad. Because well, I've, I've been to all these places and my wife will be like, you could be more imaginative. Uh, Tennessee. Great. And Michigan. I'm not, I don't want to commit to Detroit, but uh, yeah, Michigan. Great. Great, great, great. Okay. Next category. Let's do three. <laughs> let's do three. Okay. You're on a train trip mm-hmm. and there's some sort of like, convention that's part of the train trip you get plenty of time by yourself plenty of time to meditate plenty of time to write all that kind of stuff but there's also some sort of organized activity three different like themed train trips that we're going to give you that have the some sort of like you know some sort of convention some sort of like uh summer camp kind of vibe like something that you're like okay not only am i on this train trip but i'm also learning how to crochet or not only am i on this train trip but i learned everything there is to know about moths oh i got you oh i got you first off uh first off absolutely board games 
would love i planned on going to a board game convention this summer pandemic um second off lesbian fandoms amazing (laughs) planned on going to a lesbian fandom convention this summer uh pandemic uh and i think maybe tea that's a new one for me i want to go on all of these train trips god that'd be so fun uh Okay, next category, three foods that in this reality are either sort of ecologically uh, irresponsible or you're allergic to them or there's so much sugar it would make your head explode if you ate as much as you really want to eat. In this alternate universe, there is no, everything is the same. No animals are harmed, no nothing. It's just like whatever the taste is, you can have it. I don't care if it's the rarest thing in the world that you only had once and you wish you could have again. Uh, Could be cookies, pizza, could be like this beautiful piece of sushi you had. You can have it in this alternate universe. Zero ramifications at the snap of your fingers. Still a child. Chicken fingers, hamburgers, and chocolate chip cookies. Great, great, great. Hamburgers and chalk chip cookies. Fantastic. Okay, next category. Are people giving you beautiful pieces of sushi they have? And and I'm just like, please, everything at the state fair? I would say every once in a while there's, I I would say the most consistent out of the box ones tend to be like my grandma's icebox cake. Or I had Mm. this, I had this, you know, soup in Prague once that made me feel like I was floating on a cloud because that was the whole experience was tied to this meal (laughs) or whatever. Um, But for the most part, I think all of us tend to pick like, yeah, pizza, ice cream, um, olives i don't know like there's like yeah. <laughs> those moments that people have like their 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 thing that is the thing they wish they could snack on at at all times uh and i get it now all due respect to your wonderful wife <laughs> this does usually involve a crush of some kind uh, you can incorporate your wife right on into it if you want uh or it can be a total alternate universe these can be cartoon characters video game board game characters from any era it could be you know billy holiday from x period in time or renee zellweger from that one movie you <laughs> loved her in or you know clive owen in inside man just because uh, i thought about that uh while we were talking about it um three people that you can have these sort of romantic sexy times with in this alternate universe okay this is actually going to require just a little bit of thought she Great. says i'm i actually am now blushing i never <laughs> <laughs> I'm blushing just thinking about it. Okay. You take your time. You take your time. Uh, uh, yeah. Hold on. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> this is embarrassing. I'm actually really, really embarrassed right now. Um, uh, uh, Tegan and Quinn from Tegan and Sarah. <laughs> great. Great. Oh my God. Great. Um, Jodie Foster from Panic Room. Well, I ha- I was obsessed with Jodie Foster as a young person before I knew she was gay. So my gaydar must have been going off because I'm- from childhood, I was like, I want to marry Jodie Foster. Is that okay? Oh What's that? And then I found out she was gay and I was like, wait, what? Wait, only what? In, only this in is a real room. thing? Only in Panic Room. Only in Panic Room. Panic Room, and, great. And, um... Uh, 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 oh gosh, I'm so embarrassed to say this. I saw this picture of Queen Latifah once where she got a parking ticket and she had just a really good attitude about it. Like she just looked at the camera and smiled and shrugged. And I said, what a good person. And I've always liked her even more since then. I can't believe it. I can't believe I'm saying this. This picture was like four years ago, maybe seven. I could not be more overjoyed by how delightful (laughs) this category has proven to be. Oh, Oh my gosh. I get it. I'm sweating. I'm sweating now. I get it. 
I've been um, so chill this whole time, and now I'm absolutely <laughs> losing my mind. <laughs> okay, I'm going to take you back into a realm you know very well. Okay. <laughs> if you can, three board games with some sort of theme that you've never seen explored in a board game. And I don't care if it doesn't, oh. wouldn't really make sense. Like, I don't care if it, it feasibly doesn't really make sense. Just, it could, it's an opportunity to be like, you know... Hey, I love cats. Give me a cat board game or whatever. Like, it doesn't have to be even thought out, but just something that sounds like it could be a delightful board game. Three. I I always want... Okay, so I love board games that are kind of set in um, kind of a Renaissancean, you know, um, Edwardian... um, uh, era and I, yeah. I just this does make sense and no one ever does it I just need to see a much more diverse um, cast of characters like they all tend to look exactly the same Boy. and I, I would like to see both myself and my friends reflected in those board games gee you think yeah yeah um, I would love some kind of I'm very much into reading uh, right now like YA um, uh, queer magical fantasy and so i i want that in a board game oh love it love it um and then i guess for the last option i would like a board game that ended with me getting to eat cookies great great board game with cookie ending fantastic okay all right three skills that you would love to wake up with tomorrow that you've sort of downloaded matrix style so some things it's like ooh, the learning of it would be so sumptuous but other (laughs) things it's like i just wish i could take a computer apart and put it back together like i don't need to i don't need the process i want to already know how to do that do you know what i mean so three skills that you can wake up with boom you're an expert uh speaking spanish great uh uh mastery at pottery great Uh, and actually, just because I want to know how to do it, because it bothers me that I don't know how to do it. Um, actually, maybe take off pottery and add in makeup, and then no, yeah, pottery for the last one. Okay, great. And pottery, wonderful, wonderful. And then let's end with. Hmm. Are there? Like any histories, mysteries that you would like to be uh, responsible for sort of knowing the answer to or solving the answer to. It could be something very small, uh, something very recent to could be in the in the distant past. And we're going to give you like the knowledge to uh, the, 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 like mysteries over what we actually know the answer, whether you decide to share it with other people or not. So I'm going to be totally honest, which is my first thought is, oh, gosh, mysteries scare me. Like anytime there's some kind of mystery, I'm always very scared of it, even if it's something very small. So I'm going to think of very small mysteries. Oh, great. They're going to be very tiny. I had a a sock I lost that I really liked. (laughs) I would like to know where that is. It was very cute. It was wool wool and striped. Hi. This is you. This is a fantastic use of this category. I thank I thank you, and my hats off to you. And I'm going to give you a war bond after this is all done. Thank you. Uh-huh. Um, I really like my couch, but I can't figure out. I can't re- remember um, the name of it because I'd like to order another one for uh, my spare room. So I'd uh-huh. like to know the name of the couch so I can Great. order another one. Fantastic. And one, the last time I made chocolate chip cookies, they came out so cakey and Uh and not for most not for most of the reasons that i looked up online because i didn't do those things so i'd like to know what went wrong with those cookies yes why cakey cookies why cakey cookie (laughs) question mark i like this because now i think three categories 
do have the word cookie in them. So that's very exciting. <laughs> that, that bodes very well. You, I feel you've, you've raised your odds that a cookie will be somehow involved in this outcome. Okay. I love cookies. This is the fun. Me too. Uh, this is the final uh, thing I'm going to ask you, and then I will give you, I will sort of do my little eeny, meeny, miny, mo process, and then uh, I will give you your 100% guaranteed alternate universe mash existence. Great. Uh, give me a word that would describe... Um, a fe- like 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 a feeling you would love to have be sort of the first feeling of the day like you open your eyes and it's the it would be the ideal feeling to have at the beginning of the day hunger great okay will you please tell people about the podcast uh about if then about uh what you're doing with Gillian and anything else you have going on where to follow you all that good stuff while i process this form i couldn't make that more bureaucratic sounding (laughs) while i put this through the process i loved it uh yes i have a new podcast with gillian jacobs it's called if then um and basically what we do is we talk to people in stem fields because we're both very curious about um science technology engineering and math and we don't know a lot about it so but it's fun and it's easy and we ask the dumb questions that um maybe other people wish they could ask and don't get a chance to we interview people like astronauts uh and neuroscientists and uh, physicists and it's very cool yeah <laughs> listen to it wherever fantastic. you get your podcast that is fantastic uh i love this part about we ask the questions that you that people maybe you feel like once you once you're in the room with this person you're not allowed to not know the answer to yep. these first 50 questions yep i love the ex- making that accessible to people because I think that is like such a problem when because most of the time those people wouldn't mind even being asked those questions but people are so intimidated that they're like oh I I guess I just should nod or I'll never ask this person anything because I should you know all of those expectations we pile on ourselves they never mind they know they're the expert and they know you don't know and a lot of times they're just excited to share their knowledge it's been very cool and gillian is so cool and funny she's great she really is great what a what a like that was a one of the early episodes i think i did in my podcast was with gillian and we had known each other through i don't know mutual friends but also doing the thrilling adventure hour together and uh and that was that that was one of those people that you're just like, you're going to be whoever you're going to be you no matter what you're doing, no matter where you are, no matter what mm-hmm. age you are. Mm-hmm. You're a complete human. Yes. And she, I she just is. responded so positively to that. I was like, I love that you know who you are. You are who you are. That's so inspiring. It makes me so happy that people like you two are out in front uh inspiring other people i think that's and and inspiring people to be curious and i I, that just is like that's my favorite thing so i I could honestly i could honestly probably spend the next hour gushing about like how cool and intriguing and smart and funny she is uh and i feel very lucky to be doing this podcast with her because she's also a really great interviewer and i'm like wow i didn't even realize the skill this took and so i'm learning so much from interviewing with her it's great anyway anyway I love it. I love it. I, I'm, I'm such a fan. I think this is a fantastic podcast. Okay. So uh, I want to congratulate you on several things. Oh, great. Um, number one, I want to, I, you, you know, we were speaking about being able to interview and ask these questions. Um, if ever you feel the need to conduct any interview in fluent Spanish, I want you to rest assured yes. that is something you know backwards and forwards. Yes. And it is a lock. It is locked in. You are fantastic at it. 
Yes. Whether or not that's going to be super handy when you do the academic decathlon slash get to know this city and slash be smarter and have a ton of fun in Berlin. I don't oh. know. It seems maybe unlikely that you'll speak a ton of Spanish in Berlin. But listen, stranger things have happened. It's an exciting <laughs> city. There's a lot going on. A lot of history there. That's going to be exciting. Uh, I want to congratulate you on your uh, second home in the beautiful state of Tennessee. Mm, beautiful. You can teleport there whenever you want. Now, listen, let me get this out of the way. You did end up with a mansion out of mansion, apartment, shack, and house. I don't Ooh. know what kind of... I, I, your mind goes to a certain thing when you think of a mansion in Tennessee. So I mm-hmm. just want you to know wherever your mansion in Tennessee is, it's your mansion. That could be as big or small as you want. It could be freshly built. It doesn't have to be a historic <laughs> mansion on a lot of land in Tennessee. Hey, it's a, ca- it's a cabin in the mountains. It's, it's a, a cabin. Big... It's a beautiful cabin in the mountains. I love it. There's a whole room of chicken fingers. <laughs> Whatever you want to <laughs> yes! get in there and yes. get into some chicken fingers you absolutely can do that uh another thing is i there's no way that you don't have uh a game room right there's probably a game room tucked somewhere into that cabin um where one of the games that you have is a fabulous game that you designed a board game that you designed uh that involves a sort of an edwardian era but actually represents uh, a full spectrum of people who might be playing the game who existed in that time who existed this time Uh, a lot of people will be very excited and thank you for that speaking of board games it's proving to be quite a theme in this mash uh, results and (laughs) these mash results I should say uh, you do also get to go on a fabulous train ride that also involves a board game convention so this that sounds fairly dreamy to me yes that leaves us with our two remaining things Uh, I do want you to rest assured that you will solve the mystery of why the cakey cookies Finally, thank you. You will, which guarantees delightful, cakey free cookies in the future. <laughs> Sounds like you like more of a chew. I do. I, I do. do too. It's important. I do too. Yeah. I do too. And I don't need it to be so dry that it just crumbles into a dust the second my yeah. lips touch it. I can't do that. Yeah, that that's not helpful. Mm-hmm. That's not helpful to me. No. That's a granola bar. No. That's a Nature Valley granola bar. No, thank you. No. But let me tell you who would be, who would accept a cakey cookie. With the same grace and humor as she would accept a chewy cookie, regardless of which cookie she wanted, is the very magnanimous, upbeat, I find to be very beautiful and charming, Queen Latifah. Yes, 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 yes. Nobody could see me, but I was like raising my hands in victory before this was even read. I was like, yes. I really dragged it out, even though it was so clear who I was talking about. I really dragged it out. Uh, I'm so excited. This was so fun. I really, really, really am so happy that you did the podcast. I want to thank you so much. And uh, and please uh, encourage people who have not checked out your podcast. I feel it's a no-brainer if you're a fan of the JV Club. What a no-brainer to, to shuffle on over and uh, and and give this other podcast. And give, if then, uh, if, do we just say, if that? No. If then. If then. If I was then. Like, you got it. If I got it wrong and I've listened to the podcast <laughs> and I like it, this is going to be very embarrassing for me. Thank you. You did not. Okay. If then. Um, it, and uh, yeah, it's a total no brainer. Um, and uh, I guess that's it, man. I guess uh, we'll just, uh, I'll talk to everybody next time on the podcast. Stay safe. What else we got? Get your war bonds. Get your war um, bonds on. 
let's fight for equality of education. I mean, listen, we touched on some pretty big. <laughs> we did. We really did. We touched I'm like... on some big. We, we touched on all creatures, great and small. Is basically <laughs> what the name of this episode would be if I named my episodes. Thank Gianna, you thank for you coming so to our much. TED Talk. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Thank you so much. Uh, be well, everyone. And I'll talk to you next time. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.